0: Michelle Joy Felton. we joined now with Ben Davison. Ben, it's nice to see you.
1: It's and been a while. You, been a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has. How have you been?
1: Good. Good. You?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing much better. Um, you know, given the circumstances, but it's it's um, interesting times. Are you I, in
1: California?
0: Yeah, I'm in California with my family right now. What's
1: it like over there? Is it easy in lockdown? The same?
0: It's easier. Okay, so my family lives in a county called Riverside. So it's between Orange County, LA, and San Diego. So our county is probably one of the most relaxed than LA. Like LA is really intense right now. Yeah. Yeah. So over here It's not mandatory to wear masks. You can go into the stores wearing masks. They're going to start opening up uh, retail stores. Uh, Slowly but surely, we're kind of getting things back. It's still going to be different. Yeah, of course. It's going to take a
1: while, isn't it?
0: Yeah, having to stay six feet apart from people, it's going to be a little strange. But it is what it is. I'm just glad that we're slowly seeing progression. And I know in the UK, there's talks-ish of possible July return,
1: yeah? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've not followed it too, too much because I just think that with uh, with the likes of Billy Joe and uh, and Josh Taylor and fighters of that magnitude, I think, you know, it might be a bit more difficult to put put them in fights that are behind closed doors. Um, so, but, um, yeah, I mean, nothing's confirmed at the minute. It's all with buts and maybe still, isn't it?
0: But if that is the case, let's say that is the only option at this point because and we don't have a definitive date as to when we're going. It's not like we're saying January 15th for sure we're going to go back to this. Like it could last a year. It could last longer. Mm -hmm. We know, I mean, God forbid, but who knows? So how long do you wait? Like, how long do you say to your fighters like, look, this may not like we may not get the opportunity to fight in front of a crowd for a while. Uh, we're just going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and do it behind closed doors.
1: Um, do you know, for me, I think the decision comes down to the fighters, whether they'd feel comfortable doing it in that re- environment, because some fighters do really do thrive off the occasion and the atmosphere and, you know, um, those kinds of things. And, and some fighters may perform better with so-called less pressure. Yeah. Um, so I think you know you'd have to give the uh, the say the final say down to to the fighters in the end. I think.
0: Well, you mentioned Billy Joe you mentioned Josh Taylor. So how do they feel about it at this point? I
1: think, but I think both of them would rather box in front of crowds. I think they're both types of fighters and people that get up for the occasion and get up for a challenge. And I think the atmosphere perhaps wouldn't be the same uh, behind closed doors. And I think that you know they they're, they're the type of characters that thrive off of that. So, but like you say, you know, we really don't know at the minute. It's if buts and maybes, and we're still in a bit of a guessing game. Although we're seeing pro- progression, we still we still don't know. So we just have to uh, keep them ticking over. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing bits and and looking after themselves. Josh is having a gym built in his uh, in his house at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, And Billy Joe's um, been ticking over. So we just have to wait and see, unfortunately. Although it's driving me crazy. To be honest with you, it's driving me crazy. All I want to do is get back to work. It's all I live live and breathe for. So I've had to sort of just take my (laughs) mind away from it just so that I feel better in myself, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I get it. I was actually saying that. I go, some people have found some sort of like, Solace in, in constantly putting themselves like in like watching whether it's watching old fights or doing constant interviews and I actually found myself in the complete opposite feeling. I felt like the more I'm reminded of boxing, mm. the more upset I was getting. Like it was I, it was the reverse for me. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. what the hell? I want to be back to work. I don't want to just be sitting around. No, don't get me wrong. I'm finding like I, I'm I'm seeing the silver lining of it all. Like it's great to be in a, in a position where you can actually just,
1: yeah, take some downtime. Yeah. Travel a lot. So to be able to see your family.
0: Yeah. This is the longest time I've spent with my family consecutively in nearly 10 years that I've been doing, you know, media for boxing. So it's like, cause of the constant traveling and being mm. away. So I am seeing the silver lining and I am grateful for it. But at the same time, I don't want us to go too far out to where You know, once this drags out past a certain point, we're talking about like some serious ripple effects in the economy and in the sports and how everyone gets paid. And it's just a, it's just not good. So hopefully we see something sooner rather than later. Now I found this, it was so frustrating because right when you guys were getting the fight with Canelo, Billy Joe has been calling out Canelo for years now. Finally gets the golden ticket, right? You're in Vegas, you fly over and boxing gets canceled. Like how how first of all, how has Billy Joe handled it all? Like how? Because uh, like? I can only imagine you guys are finally there, you're waiting for the announcement, and then boom, like everything gets shut down.
1: Yeah, I've got to be honest, you know, he took it quite well and he sort of just looked at it as though, look, it's, it's a pandemic, the whole world's in a situation, it's not, I think he took it better because it's not something that someone's done wrong, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that you can't change, it's one of them things, there's nothing you can do about it and um, I think he took a, a a good outlook on the situation because he could have drove himself mad with it. Um And for me, you know, we was at the point in camp where the focus was still on getting things right as opposed to actually performance at that moment. And then we was just in a transitioning phase where sparring was going to become the main focus and those sorts of things. And I was really looking forward to it. And obviously, you know, hand on my heart, I genuinely believe that Billy Joe will win that fight when that fight comes around. And um you know, for me, it was it was gutting. But you know, it's it's one of them things. You know, worse things have happened at sea, as they say.
0: <laughs> well, we know that there had been talk, rumor, that the return fight for Canelo at this point was going to end up being Triple G. But then Triple G's team, Jonathan Banks, said that's not happening. That's not what we were planning. What is going on? Like, is Billy Joe still secure? Because when you sign, basically sign a contract, you're signing it for that date, aren't you? So it's not mm. like a guarantee that you're going to get the September one. So, what has the talk been like? Is he still, does he still believe that he is Canelo's next opponent, or is it now up in the air again?
1: Uh, I don't really know. You know, I, I suppose it'd be a lawyer that would know what the situation would be. As you say, you know, you sign a fight, but it's for a certain date. And, you know, something like this, it has never happened before. So, yeah, in the model, in the modern world. So to be able to say um, in this situation, this is what happens. you know, it's not something they probably plan ahead in, in contracts. So it's a bit of a difficult one there. Um, In terms of if, if we're expecting to be Canelo's next opponent, Um, I'm not really sure you know I mean there's talks of him boxing obviously if everything's all things going well to boxing in September December and May so there's three bites at the cherry there so um, we just have to wait and see but you know either way it's just about at this point in Billy Joe's career it's just about maximising his performance and I believe that with a few adjustments that we've we've been able to make and was making and will continue mm-hmm. to make that uh you will see the the best and more consistency from uh, from billy joe
0: mm-hmm. how has everyone sort of been adapting at the moment like you said josh is building a gym um but how how does everyone sort of stay ready because there is no definitive date. Like, how how is everyone staying prepared and ready for when they do get the call that boxing's returning?
1: Yeah, it's difficult, you know. I mean, here to, you know, gyms are obviously shut shut uh, at the minute. Um, and Josh is at the other end of the country. Josh is chomping at the bit to get going, and the same as me, you know. And as you said before at the beginning, I was watching boxing, 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 and thinking, right, as soon as we get back to it and planning ahead. And then it sort of got to a point where I was thinking, do you know what? I'm off. um You know, although it's something positive, it's bringing negativity on me because I'm thinking, well, when are we going to get back? And yeah. I sort of had to say, do you know what? Just put it at arm's length for the minute to make myself feel better. Um, Josh is the kind of guy that keeps himself fit. Like I say, he's building the gym in his house and he's ticking over and he's doing bits and bobs, you know, um, throughout. So, He's that kind of guy, you know, which is, which is good in terms of developing areas that we've, uh, spoke about and was working on. Obviously, you know, it kills me not to be able to be working on that at the moment and in this moment in time, but, you know, we've, we've, we've experienced, you know, that time will come and, you know, this will pass eventually. Um, and then we'll be able to focus on those things.
0: Now. It's been a bit challenging, at least for what I do, because there hasn't really been much to talk about. There's a lot of what-if scenarios, uh, possibilities. Uh, again, what can you really say when there's no definite answer to anything, right? You're just, it's kind of like I keep calling it like Fantasy Friday. Like We keep talking about things that we want to see come to fruition, but we don't know when it's going to come to fruition, if ever. But I
1: Which do is a bit of a tease, isn't it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is, honestly, because it like, yeah. when people are talking about the news, I'm like, well, that's not really news because that's not that's not saying this fight is happening. They're saying the what ifs. I mean, for example, you look at Mike Tyson, for example, uh, qu- another question for you, like, what what are your thoughts on 53-year-old Mike Tyson possibly coming back and not just coming back, but potentially entertaining the, the idea of a bare knuckle boxing?
1: Hmm. A difficult one for me because I grew up uh, a big admirer of Mike Tyson as I think most people in our generation did. Um, And a lot of people wouldn't agree with this, but if there's one person that I could meet and sit down and have a conversation with him on the right day, when he's in the right mindset, it's Mike Tyson. And I'm not talking about Iron Mike. I'm talking about the Mike Tyson of today. He's a very intelligent guy. Been through a lot in life, a lot of experience. And I just think that anybody from any walk of life to sit down with him and have a conversation, like I say, wise in the right mindset and in the right mood, I think anybody could learn a hell of a lot from him and take a lot from that conversation. Obviously, Tyson went on on the podcast, but unfortunately that day I wasn't well. I was absolutely gutted. So I said, look, I'm not going to come and risk it and, and getting somebody ill. Hot
0: boxing with Mike Tyson?
1: Yeah. So I didn't I didn't I didn't end up going which killed me but it was it was a uh decision I had to make but you know I wouldn't want to see him boxing again now. I'm not saying that he's got the wrong people around him but it's in an important time now for him to have the right people around him to say and give him the right advice, you know. It's very important at this moment in time for him I feel like because Obviously, he's done a bit of training, he's feeling in good shape, and he's feeling good about himself, which is great. Um, And for him to have an exhibition which maintains an exhibition, a move around, fantastic, brilliant. Why not? You know, it keeps him motivated um, and it gives him something to work for and work towards and and keep on that positive and on the right track. I think for him to actually then get into a fight where you've got to take your body to places, you know, where it doesn't want to go. To be, to be a, a top-level athlete, it's not healthy for your body. You know, people think these guys are, are healthy. To be a regular gym-goer and a regular keep-fitter, that's healthy. But to be a top athlete, you have to put your body through things that, and your mind through things that most people can't contemplate. Yeah. Um, and that's something that people think uh, I'm um, – what's the word I'm looking for? I'm competitive. Yeah, you probably are competitive with Joe Bloggs, your next-door neighbour. But when you're talking about an elite level, you you can't comprehend that level of competitiveness. And I think people can't comprehend, you know, thinking Mike Tyson is great, he's looking in good shape and, and all the rest of it. And, yeah, let him have a fight. But what he would then have to put his body through and his mind through... It's not healthy for anybody. And somebody at that age, I wouldn't want to see him do that. He's a legend in the game, a legend of a man. And like I say, I think he's an extremely intelligent guy with a lot of experience. That has a lot to offer in other areas of life now. Um, so for him to have him, a...
0: It's like he's... he's um. It's not like an exhibition fight where you're seeing him fight Joe Schmo. Like, you're talking about... Bare-knuckle boxing is dangerous in itself, just period. But then, like depending on – especially depending on who you're putting putting him in against. It's like I just don't see the entertainment in it because I love Mike. I don't think that he should do it either. I don't think that he should be putting himself back in the line of danger. He has a, a – a, he's a legend. He's proven enough. He's made enough money. He's got a great thing going for himself right now. He doesn't need to put himself in a position to potentially – Give himself grain
1: damage. Do you know what I mean? So it boils down to the intensity of what it is that he would be doing this exhibition. So, if the intensity can be sort of controlled, I don't really see too much of a problem with it if it is just a move around in an exhibition. But to have a competitive fight, I just I wouldn't want to see it myself.
0: Yeah, I know. And now you're hearing the likes of like Evander Holyfield and so forth, and I'm just like, mm.
1: hopefully not. But we'll see. Hopefully not. Like I say, I think. And I'm not saying that he is the wrong people around him with violence because he's his own man and he'll make his own decisions in life. But I think, you know, now's an important time to have the right people to say, look, you know, look after yourself first and your health, et cetera.
0: Much like back to when um, when Tyson Fury fought in the rematch against Deontay Wilder, uh, there was a lot of, of back and forth. Like people were feeling one way and feeling another about whether or not they should have stopped the fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you when you look back on that, if that was you, if that was your fighter in the corner, would you have reacted the same?
1: Yeah, look, I think that the stoppage was the right decision. Uh, you know, I think the stoppage was the right decision, but I also understand where Deontay Wilde himself was coming from, and I understand where Jay Diaz was coming from, because J.D. has worked with Deontay Wilder since day one, since he walked into that gym. So he knows him extremely well. He knows what's in the tank. He knows what's not in the tank. He knows what type of character he is. And, you know, like I say, people can't comprehend for people to go, oh, why is Wilder complaining about um, the fight being stopped? People can't comprehend that competitiveness for him to say, if I go out, I want to go out on my shield. and that's part of a job and responsibility that you have to take on as a, as a coach in the corner of a fight, you know, going back to the first fight. If Tyson, if I'd stopped that fight and Tyson hadn't have got up and done what he'd done, it could have been a completely different story. Yeah. Um, so it's finding the right balance and it's, it's a difficult one, but I understand where both are coming from. Uh, but it just, like I say, it boils down to people not really understanding You know, he knew he was losing the fight, but I want to go out on my shield. And it's a corner's job to do what they did. And and, and I feel like they made the right decision, of course. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Deontay Wilder recently said on the PBC podcast that he didn't consider Tyson Fury to be the champion because they still have another fight. Uh, What do you make of his comments?
1: Um... I, I think that what he I think that what he meant sometimes it's difficult because you say something that doesn't come across I'm sure you've had it in a situation where you say something that doesn't really come across as you mean it
0: mm-hmm. you
1: probably haven't selected the right words what he probably means is look I don't feel like I was at my best um, There, uh, uh, and we've got one more fight to deal with so I'm not writing myself out to say that yes he's got the belt now but I still believe in myself to to be able to do the job. Um, so it's just a case of wording, you know? And any, any fighter that believes in himself will believe in that, will have that thought process. Obviously, Tyson, I believe, won the first fight, done a demolition job in the second fight, and I believe that he will win the third fight. Um, but I think there's two ways to look at it, you know? It was probably a poor choice of words, but you also have to admire the self-belief that Deontay Wilder has in himself.
0: Hundred percent. Like, of course, I do understand kind of what he was saying, but I know that the way people, the way people took it, and the way it kind of came across, was as if he wasn't giving him Duke, you know, the, the credit. credit. yeah, yeah, exactly. But we don't know. We don't know what's going to go on, especially in the state of boxing currently with the coronavirus. We don't know if, if, if and when we're going to see the third fight because a fight like that you don't put behind closed doors. You, you, you have, you know, a crowd. You need the fans there. So, um, and I'm not sure if they're going to entertain something like that overseas. I know that there's been a lot of talk recently as of like, you know, heavy talks of a possible fight between Joshua and Fury, um, over in the middle East. Now, like the interview that he did with, I'm sure you've seen it, the interview that he did with Coogan, um, Bob Aaron mentioned that they're, uh, having an advisor. they're using, uh, Dan Kinahan to sort of broker something to to make something happen like find the location somewhere overseas do you know any details about anything at all
1: um just that you know i just think that um but obviously there's been a lot of speculation about daniel and i think what the the common the common misconception is because obviously daniel daniel used to own MTK so mm-hmm. i think people often have this misconception that daniel owns or is MTK um, Daniel is an independent advisor that has a great relationship with many promoters and many fighters and yeah. has orchestrated many deals, including Tyson's deal with with um, top-ranking ESPN, you know, because, like I say, he has a great relationship. Tyson was currently signed with BT Sport and um, Frank Warren and Queensbury Promotions. Um, and Daniel obviously has a fantastic relationship with Bob and top and ESPN and a great relationship with Frank, BT Sport. Mm-hmm. Um, there. So obviously Daniel. Um,
0: but he's also he's also like appointed as a special advisor for that. Um it's a sports organization called KHK in Brain. I mean, that's that's yeah. big news because that could potentially be where they, they host uh Fury Joshua.
1: You know, he's 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 done a lot of work and he put the deal together, obviously. For for a deal to be, we're seeing it at the minute with Crawford and um, Crawford and Spence. A deal between top rank and PBC is a difficult one. So Daniel um, was an advisor in in the Tyson and Wilder fight, getting put together in the deals that were being done there. Um, so I think there's a lot of common misconception there. He's a he's a he's a phenomenal advisor, but an independent advisor, and I just think. Just clearing that up, though, I think a lot of people have that um, misconception to think that Daniel is MTK, but he's an independent advisor that's done a lot for a lot of fighters. I was introduced to him back when he did own MTK and obviously working with Billy Joe, um, who's very good friends with him. And, um, yeah, I just...
0: Uh, I mean, but this is a big deal, like, to, to potentially, you know, put on... A big fight of this magnitude—I mean, Fury versus Joshua—and this is massive. And then, and and for it to possibly be overseas or in the Middle East, overseas for me, over, um, Middle East, um, could potentially open it up to fight fans actually attending, depending on because I don't know what what you know the BBBFC is going to do in the next six months to a year again, because like, we don't we don't know. But it could open up another avenue for it to be out there.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, like what you say there, it's a massive uh, it's a massive job to be given. But I just think that people don't understand that he's uh like I say, he's orchestrated orchestrated many big fights, yeah. many big deals, um from the top of the sport, but I also know, you know, fighters on on the other end of the sport that he's helped as well. I know I fighter I'm not gonna name names that had an injury, um, under ten fights. Um Flew him out to see to see specialists, helped him live, um, and you know supported him through his injury for him to then, which took I think about a year to eighteen months, which then he come round and and um, has now got his career back on track. I know another fighter that I'm not going to name names that turned around and said to me I wouldn't be able to afford my car if uh, if he hadn't helped me and got in big fights and back into the place. So he's a phenomenal. Um, independent advisor and um, you know I've worked closely with him um, over the past few years and if anybody's going to get that job done um, it'll be Daniel and it'll, it'll beat expectations because that's the type of person that he is.
0: To think that we could potentially have the fight like that I mean Fury versus Joshua I mean it doesn't get any better than that at this point. I mean, I think it's really exciting to think that we're even having these conversations. There's actual moves happening to potentially see that. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, Joshua still has Puliv and uh, Fury still has the Wilder, the third Wilder fight. But we don't know. Again, we don't know what's going to end up happening. We don't know. Mm. Wilder could potentially take a step aside fee. I don't know. And then also, I'm not sure how it works in terms of, you know, Placing these these unified fights before rematches or mandatories i mean, from my understanding—that trumps anything else. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one to see how this will play out.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think that, it, that you know, there's a lot to, like we said, you know, with fights that potentially were signed and supposed to go ahead. How does that reflect with what's gone on mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic and you know? I'm sure that a pandemic isn't put into a contract um, <laughs> usually, you know. Uh, so it's a difficult one. But like I said, if anybody's going to do it um, and be able to put that together, it would be Daniel because he's got a fantastic relationship with uh, many different broadcasters, many different promoters, many different managers um, and many fighters. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely exciting times for the heavyweight division, but also boxing in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... What fight are you hoping to see the most? Now, aside, from, aside from your own fighters, what fight are you hoping to see next? Because you know what? This, this, this is a question for you. So Radio Rahim and I had a debate over this. When boxing returns, is it considered ducking if a fighter chooses to have a tune-up fight first?
1: Difficult, isn't it? I think there's a few uh, areas that, that you may need to look at. For somebody like Vasil Lomachenko, how long's he been out for? A long time.
0: Well, well supposedly he should be returning soon against uh, Lopez. So, uh, I guess from my understanding, that's one of the first fights we're going to see back. I, I think in, is it June or July? Can't be June.
1: I'm not sure. Can't be June. But, but if you looked at Lomachenko, you'd say, do you know what? if you was to have a tune up would make sense uh that have, have had an inactivity inactive spell leading up to the to the pandemic you could understand it and go okay um that makes sense and and you're looking to sharpen your tools and you want to put on put on a, a peak performance that makes sense yeah. but i think someone that's regularly active and then he's looking for an excuse to say i need another tune up yeah. um i think it you know that's, uh, that's a bit of a different one. Someone like Devin Haney, who's, you know, he suffered a, a shoulder injury. If he said, look, I want to fight and have a, have a warm-up first, you'd say, I understand that, you know, he's coming back off an injury, mm-hmm. then this pandemic. Um, that, that would make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you argue it, but I guess there are a lot of guys who don't have the access to a gym and their trainer doesn't live next door. You know of course,
1: I mean? like, exactly. Are it, it,
0: home with their families right now. They're not. They're not out training. No one's work. No one's working. Like staying in shape is one thing, but staying. Um, at
1: elite head, level is different. Yeah, at elite mm. level, it's
0: completely different. So I disagreed. Raheem said one thing. I said no. I don't think it's ducking at all. But anyways my my question to you was what's what's a fight that you're looking forward to the most. <sighs>
1: It could be Lomachenko and Lopez, maybe. Mm. It could be. It's um, going to
0: be such a good one.
1: Um, yeah, I'd probably say Lomachenko and Lopez. It's the first one that popped in my mind when you said the question anyway. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, that one's going to be a really good one. Um, Devin Haney. There was footage of him training with Floyd Mayweather, and it looked like Gervonta Davis was not very pleased seeing his
1: uh, what 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 did what did he say <laughs> he,
0: he said he tweeted duranta davis tweeted saying well looks like i'm not training in vegas anymore because he was supposed to go to vegas and and train uh, apparently at the mayweather gym but he saw his arch nemesis training with his promoter um what do you think of that
1: are they actually nemesis though and enemies Haney and I mean, and uh...
0: You know, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, I guess even if we look at it just from a boxing perspective, maybe not personally, but they are you would still consider them to be rivals, wouldn't you yeah not-
1: um, yeah, i mean devin haney first first uh first things first, a phenomenal fighter um and I've got a good story about devin actually i uh I went to the gym I was at the gym before where he was sparring um and when you take everything into consideration, he's twenty or twenty one years old world champion um he come into the gym, very professional um and done a I'll put it as a good number on his on his two sparring partners um and when you take all of that with a big team, a full team with him, and when you take all of that into consideration, it'd be easy to say the young man's gonna gonna have an ego, these kind of things. And the sparring partners were um, the sparring partners here. So uh, I started speaking to the sparring partners and just giving them some advice from what I saw, et etc. And he said, "Coach, can I get some advice?" So he come over, asked some questions, back and forth, um, and his dad come over and we had a discussion about boxing, etc. And straight away from that moment, I thought to myself, "That's a hungry fighter." Like I said, he's twenty, twenty-one years old, world champion, walked in the gym, got a full team. Looks like he's he's aren't well, got a good deal on match room. Um like dominated his partners.
0: guy. I think he's a genuine guy. I mean, for his twenty-first birthday, for Christ's sake, he was feeding the homeless. Like not exactly the normal thing to do on your birthday.
1: Exactly. And 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 he's and he's and he's there and he's a few weeks out from his fight, but he was still looking can I learn something there can I gain 1% and when people talk about the 1% club they usually think about the the people that work harder and but the 1% club for me is the people that are willing to work that much harder just to gain 1% 1% each day 1% each day 1% a week even if it's 1% a month above the competition that eventually adds up and that stood with me and I thought I was very 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 impressed with him um and I, I I've seen some of the work that um Floyd doing, Floyd Mayweather is doing with him. We often see good fighters struggle to be good coaches. But uh I was very impressed. Obviously you're only seeing snippets, but I was very impressed with uh the what things that he was showing him and and uh, it looks like he's able to give across the information that he has here
0: mm-hmm. and
1: deliver it, which is the hardest part.
0: Devin's seen himself under some heavy criticism recently because of a tweet he made about um, not, I'm sorry, not a tweet. It was a video that he said that n- no white boy will ever beat me. You know, he showed remorse for that. He's like, "Look, didn't mean anything by it. Not racist." He made that very clear. But I, I do like to ask people, like, when when you read something or when you see when you see it versus when you read it, because people are writing about it, right? Was your first reaction to think that it was racist, or was it like? you didn't think much of it. Cause I actually I asked that question like to some fight fans and I asked him like, if you're white and you, you heard what he said, were you offended by it? And surprised, like a lot of people were like, no, I didn't even think anything of it. I just thought he was taking a dig at Lomachenko because I, that's how I thought he was taking a dig at Lomachenko as well. But because he said it the way he did, it got taken a certain way. Did you perceive it that way? Did you think for a second, like, Ooh, probably not the best words to use
1: that's what I looked at a lot, I thought probably not the best words to use, didn't take offence to it but like I say I've I've spoken to him, I've spent time with him, I've been in the gym with him so I, I, I've i managed to um, sort of have a level of understanding of his characteristics and, and the mm-hmm. type of person that he is to a certain degree um, The what bothered me was fighters like world champions and top level fighters I think that you have to sometimes be selective with who you work with in the media or who you're willing to give an interview to because somebody like, some, an established company, somebody like yourself, you have a certain reputation that you have to, do you know what, I can't throw somebody under the bus because then how can I have a relationship with this person? Whereas I think there's a lot of companies at the minute, and it's not a dig, I understand they're trying to get into the into the business and it's something they're passionate about and something they want to do. But I think that you have to sort of work probably work your way up. Um because how I took what I saw when I looked at that interview, I thought the atmosphere, the questions that were being asked, the way that the interviewee was or interviewer was talking and the words he was using and just the atmosphere that he was giving across, I think led to a certain atmosphere mm. coming across and, and potentially led to a silly mistake because you can get comfortable in in um, your surroundings and probably just said it as a, as a bit of a joke. But, you know, somebody... I didn't
0: even see the full video, so I, I had to idea how it was maybe being structured or, cause you're right. You can kind of, you kind of know what you're doing, don't you? Sometimes you're kind of angling something to get set up, to be set a certain way. Um, or some people hope to, but.
1: Or you'll know if you, if you, you've, I'm sure you've got friends, you've probably got friends that are older than you and friends that are younger than you. And probably when you're with the friends that are younger than you, you might, uh, be a little bit, have a little bit of a different energy than when you're with the people that are your friends that are older than you. And wh- I think that when you're having an interview with someone that's giving off a certain energy, it can cause for complacency. And that's all I think that was, was complacency. Um, so I just think, you know, if I, if I would just say probably stick with people that, you know, stick with people that you trust and stick with companies that have a reputation to, to have to, uh, stand up to. Mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, it's so nice talking to you. Thank
1: you thank for you.
0: giving me. Thank you for giving me forty minutes of your day. Sorry, thank I, you. I literally have a, a rescue kitty right here, and and where she, did you get it from? She, well, she's uh, a neighbor's cat, but I'm taking her to my grandma because my grandma wants to adopt her because she doesn't. Yeah. So she keeps pushing, and she was pushing like the little table I have this on. I'm like, and then she's like biting my <laughs> finger, like kind of nibbling at my fingers, like pet me, pet me. So sorry if you heard, if you guys heard the meowing or whatever, but she's definitely needs attention right now. Huh. But, um. well, it's
1: evening over here. So. It's what? It's evening over here. Yeah. So.
0: Dinner time, I imagine. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate your time as always. And you know what? Hope to God. I know I keep saying this, but I really hope that we all see each other very soon. And we're all able to shake hands and, <laughs> and go back
1: good, to normality.
0: Not be like, oh, keep your distance. Yeah. I, I just, oh, that's just my biggest fear is that this is going to become a new norm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: me like, as well. Like,
0: I see now on fashion sites that people are putting like with the outfit matching masks. I'm like, it will never be cool to wear masks. Like, I don't care what anyone tries to push, it will never be cool to wear it. I
1: mean, I don't. It's
0: not a fashion statement.
1: I don't know the ins and outs and that, but hopefully, hopefully we can just go back to normality as it was before. Whether that's a realistic um, hope or not, we'll yeah. have to see. But um,
0: fingers crossed anyway. Fingers crossed. And you know what? I hope you guys get the fight in September against Canelo. Should we move forward? Um, if we do, I highly doubt. It's in front of an audience. So, again, I don't really know how DAZN going to take that approach. Uh, but nonetheless, I hope you guys still get your shot and it's not – you know, you guys aren't sideswiped for another person and then here we are all over again.
1: Yeah. Um, Hopefully. I think it's a fight that uh, people want to see. Uh, it's a good matchup of styles. Um, we've seen Canelo box the tool the – um, Kovalev, Smiths, Fielding, sorry not Smith, Fielding, um, we've seen you know in box that kind of style um, you know it's been a while since we've seen him box a, a slick southpaw. Um,
0: if so. you really can't get the Canelo fight next let's say that Dazone decides let's hold off for a bit let's see what happens in the next three four months maybe we will be able to have some of an somewhat of an audience who would you want to see Billy Joe in with um, to sort of keep him busy? Because obviously that's the most important thing at this point. You got to keep the fighters going. And it's very detrimental at this point for even guys who are up and coming. They're not getting anything in right now. And that's going to – that could potentially ruin people's careers. Like it's it's a scary mm. thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if it's, uh, if it's something that's got to sort of um... –
0: be in country,
1: same country, same country. Probably, I don't know. You know, the problem is you got two super middleweights in the in in the in the UK that are um, on the verge of of uh, of that big fight that they dream. You know, the problem is Billy Joe beat Callum. Say people are going to go. You know, ah. Uh, still he won't beat Canelo or they'll go, Oh, Ryder was nearly beat Smith or and Ryder's a, a top fighter by the way. But you beat Canelo, you're the man. And when you're on the verge of that, you want that opportunity. And Billy Joe's been chasing that opportunity for so long, you know. Um,
0: but does that so mean that means, that means does that mean that he is willing
1: to wait till that No, it doesn't. It just means if the if if if, if that situation arises you'll have to you'll have to look into it. I mean, but at the minute um, you know, his belly is hungry for Canelo, and, and, and that's what he wants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, it was it was very close to um, to happening, so he's, he's eager for that. I'm eager for that. Um, uh, but like I say, talking about it kills me because then I'm thinking, Yeah, Josh, and he's gonna be, Yeah, and then we'll work on that. And then I'm thinking, Oh, but we can't at the minute, and yeah. Yeah, so I've I've just sort of took, put it to the back of my mind for the minute because I spent so long, like you were saying, thinking and planning forward and then you're thinking, well, what am I planning for? And When am I planning for? And, mm. and then it's getting you down and then it's, do you know what? Negativity, you just need to put it to the side. Even though it sounds crazy, the boxing's become a, something that's your passions become negative impact on you for the moment. Mm. But, like you say, things are getting better step by step and um, soon we'll be able to get back to normal.
0: I'm glad to hear that you also feel the same way. Cause I feel like most of the people I'm talking to are like, yeah, I watch boxing every night. And I'm like, I have to go garden. Like I started gardening. I got a garden to take my mind away from the stress of not being able to be at work in boxing. So I'm,
1: I started reading. Yeah. And I can hardly read. So <laughs> that's how far I've tried to uh, take myself away.
0: Like meditating and <laughs> yeah.
1: i'm the type that i'm the type that reads a page turn the page i've just i've forgotten what i've just read so then i have to go back and read that page three or four times
0: but do you enjoy it
1: it's just a subject that's
0: that's the difference i enjoy gardening gardening to me is like zen it makes me feel calm it takes my stresses away that Mm. it's almost like relating it to like meditation. It's a very calm, peaceful feeling. So if, if reading isn't doing that for you, you might want to look at it. Well, I'll tell, you, like-
1: I'll tell you why I went to reading is because it's the subject that I'm also passionate about but not as passionate about, but something that I enjoy. And unfortunately, usually I'd use an audio book, but for this book I have to be able to see, um, diagrams, etc., as well. So I had to turn to reading and, um, Yeah, difficult one for me, but... No,
0: no. Pick up painting. Do something.
1: (laughs) Painting, yeah.
0: No, seriously. You know what I bought? I bought those thousand-piece puzzles. I haven't done puzzles since I was, like, a kid. And so I got two of them, and I'm going to start doing the puzzles because I think that would, like, you got to mentally, like, focus on that, and it's good. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Good idea. The goal is to come out of this a better person, isn't it? Just overall, everyone's been humbled. We're all going through the same exact thing. And all in all, my only hope for everyone is that we all just learn to be better people in the end.
1: I've also actually been, I'm in the process of setting up a performance center for boxing. <laughs> so in the UK, yeah. So a few things have got to get done change of usage on the facility and a few things like that but with things going it's on the border of essex slash london
0: okay essex isn't that where eddie's going to be hosting backyard events isn't it in essex
1: yes it is yeah
0: yeah interesting that he's doing that right definitely Whatever keeps us going, I'm all for it.
1: And, and you know, you have to take a positive with it. I think that a lot of up-and-coming fighters will get opportunities and get, probably get – and broadcasters will get more viewings than they would because of the lack of sport that's, that's been so far, everybody will be tuning in because they're crying out for some sport. So, um, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for young fighters or whoever's fighting on the card to get – a lot of eyes on them and an opportunity to make a name for themselves and mm-hmm. an opportunity for the broadcasters to potentially shoot their numbers up through the roof. So,
0: yeah, I mean, look, all in all, I I, I know like once we return, it's it's going to be like a September for us, meaning like if those are our really busy months. So I think it's just going to be from the get, it's just going to be nonstop, and I'm looking forward to that.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, hopefully,
0: a end some of 2020 with some work. Hopefully, Fingers crossed. Yeah. I love those those memes going around saying, like, we owe 2019 an apology.
1: <laughs> True. Everyone you know what I said? I said to someone earlier as well, you pulled up some old pictures and, and sent them over. You always look back and say, good times. But in that moment, you're probably not thinking, I'm having the whale of a time. But when you look back on old pictures, you go, those were the days.
0: Mm-hmm. And who knows if we'll even see those those days. Again? I even said, I was like, I, I was out having dinner. You know Demi. Yeah. Demi Doyle. Uh, I was out having dinner with her and I thought to myself, if I had known this was gonna be like the last night that I was able to go out and actually have like a, a normal setting, not everyone wearing masks and being paranoid, but like a normal setting. I, I don't know, I probably would have, I
1: don't know.
0: What if I don't know? I just I just think about that. I'm like, wow, how quickly something can change. So, the the moral of the story is, you know, really appreciate the moment. Appreciate That's
1: the key, and that that, that 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 is that is the goal in life. Have you watched The Last Dance?
0: You know what, um, Anthony Yard. I just interviewed him yesterday, and he said he said he mentioned it as well. And I still have not seen it, and I need to see it. I know I'm probably the only person who has not watched Mm. that documentary
1: yet, but no, I haven't. But they said, they said at the end of it, the key with somebody was speaking about Michael Jordan. They said the key with Michael was he was always in the moment. Mm. I think it's something that a lot of people, I never used to understand what people meant when they used to say, just be in the moment. I used to be like, what, what do you mean? Be in the moment. Like, but I understand. And you know, with age and experience, you start to, understand what that means a little bit more and I think that there's so many people out there chasing um that experience of being in the moment so often. Have you seen the film Click? I uh-huh. have. Brilliant film. Typical. Wanting to fast forward those moments and before you know it, you know you've, you've lost an opportunity you've lost an opportunity or lost a chunk of your life that, that really or lost times that you thought ah, uh, you know just want to get over and get that over and done with, but really, it was all part of the experience that you've missed out on. You know, so many people they they go and buy a new car, and the reason for buying a new car is that they, while they're driving the new car, they're thinking about, oh yeah, this is a nice car, and they're in that moment. But after a week or two weeks or three weeks of driving that car, it becomes I'm driving the car, and you're back on autopilot, and then you have to sell that car and buy another car to get in the moment again. And I feel like that's the the drive and the adrenaline that they get from from buying a new car but if you can really learn to live and be in the moment that's the uh that's the ultimate goal in life i think like i say wealthy people can forever chasing to be able to live in that moment and people say that money doesn't make you happy but i think the key to happiness is being able to be in the moment
0: um i found myself because i haven't been home like really home like this is so long so I find myself sitting there like looking at my parents like just looking at them do you know what I mean like yeah hundred
1: <laughs> percent
0: where you just think like this is a good moment this is a good time that, that was a good dinner this is you know what I mean like I find myself doing that all the time now so yeah, I do get it. I think, and and again, hopefully more people are starting to see that perspective and spending more quality time with people that matter. Stop worrying about the things that don't matter. It does not matter what someone else thinks of your life or if they liked your photo or not. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm. There's just so much more to what's happening. I, I get that we're all, it, 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 we can look at it from a negative standpoint, but there are so many positives to also pay attention to. It's almost like Mother Earth is saying, "Stop, freeze, relax, breathe, appreciate, value." Do you get what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: It's it, and we've seen our, our our Earth heal itself in these last few months, and it's incredible. You see the photos, less pollution, rivers are clearing, um, less less plastic and junk in the, in the ocean. Like we're starting to see a ripple effect where it might've also just been just the way earth, earth making us stop. Like just like clean, clean yourself up. So I'm definitely looking at it from a bigger perspective. Like I said, all in all, don't got time for drama. Don't have time to think about the what ifs, or even a week from now. It's like, just, just get through this and and enjoy the day because we really don't know no one's promised no one's promised tomorrow your parents aren't promised tomorrow and if this is the prime opportunity to spend more time with people you love then do it take it when's the next time we're gonna have time to do this seriously real talk like of course pandemic happens which god forbid i hope never does but like when is the next time we're actually gonna have this much time to like sit with our loved ones
1: Hundred percent, and you know when you said to me, "This is the the longest time I've spent at home since basically you can remember." It didn't shock me because I know, I know that's the case because you literally every boxing show you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it's difficult. What I find difficult is, is let's say you used to let's say used to speak to somebody else about. um about being in the moment and having time. And people will say, well, just ease up a little bit. Don't work so much and don't this. And, you know, well, hold on a minute. For you to be able to get to where you've got to, you've had to make sacrifices and you probably wouldn't have achieved what you've achieved and, and done what you've done and be able to do what you do if you hadn't have made those sacrifices and pushed your body in your work so hard. So, you know, nothing, nothing comes without a price unfortunately that's life you know if you want to uh if you want to achieve something you have to give something for it um and you know often often um that's the side of things that people don't understand you know they see these uh athletes or a celebrity or a singer or and think oh you know that's the life but listen they've not just got there by luck to, to achieve something, you have to give something. And uh, often, often not, it's time with your family and uh, those kind of things. And like I say, like I said at the very beginning, to be an elite level athlete is not healthy on the body. You have to give, sacrifice your body to be able to achieve and do what you do. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that that's why not everybody can do it. So you're right, you know, to be able to have this have this time um, to be able to sit back and go, right, I'm going to enjoy this moment. It's uh, something to definitely, although it's obviously terrible what's going on, it's still, you know, you've got to appreciate being able to spend time with your family. Like you say,
0: well, I mean, we can't control it. So you have to sort of make the most of the situation because you can't sit around and hate that everything's happening. Cause that's just so consuming energetically I don't I cannot I would not be able to be that person I just even if it just means my morning walks like I started going for um four to five mile walks in the morning and I'll walk two miles to go get my coffee and then Mm. back you get what I mean like that's something and and it does help it actually it's just that's that time to just kind of clear your head and I don't know I just everyone reacts differently to stress so it if someone decides they want to lay around and watch Netflix all day then if that's their way of coping then that's okay but me personally i because i've got so accustomed to being on the go being on the go being on the go it was really weird for me to be like whoa 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 i started feeling like anxiety and having like my chest was getting tight and i felt pan- like kind of like i was having panic attacks because my body wasn't used to this at all and mm. It was uh, it was a lot to handle, and I know you can understand. It's sort of like you're saying, like you feel like oh, I just want to get back. I want to get back because that that is what we have become accustomed to. We don't yeah. really like to always be home on the weekends. Now we're all week and the weekends. It's like this is strange, just foreign territory for me right now. I mean, I've gone damn near a decade being nonstop busy in different countries, back and forth, and then I'm like. I've been sitting in Temecula for two months, like the, I haven't had this in forever. So, but again, I'm trying to see the good in it. And to have this quality time with my parents, like my dad said to me, cause I love to cook. So my dad goes, he gets up, I just cooked like a nice little steak dinner, potatoes, everything. And he goes, you know, we've been real blessed since you've been back. And I was like, <laughs> That was like that was all it took to be like that was worth it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're like they love that I'm always cooking for them and it make them happy that I did that. So I was like, that's sweet.
1: <laughs> Definitely. But that that that's that's one of them things that you'll look back and go. There you sorry. Go. That's one of them things that you'll uh you'll look back on and go, those were the days and that'll be a moment that pops up in your memory box.
0: Mm-hmm exactly but i'll let you go it's been over an hour now thank you so much
1: no enjoyed it Pleasure.
0: hopefully we'll catch up soon hopefully there will be news to talk about i know we kind of just sort of jumped around but um but it's nice to get your opinion on it so i appreciate it
1: no good conversation enjoyed it
0: all right well i'll speak soon yep all right bye bye fans Hey Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else.